This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, we'll continue uh, our sermon series. Actually, we started a new sermon series on doubt, and I'll be uh, focusing words from Exodus chapter 3, and uh, we start in verse 10. Looks like we got some technical difficulties, but I'll, I'll read it from, from Exodus. Here we go. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send somebody else. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for gathering us here around your word. We pray that you would speak to our hearts through your word, that we would leave here stronger Christians than the ones that came. And Lord, I pray that nothing I'm doing or saying will get in the way of the work of your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, amen. Do you ever feel like you don't belong? Like you just don't fit in? I know growing up, I was a pretty heavy kid. I was pretty overweight. And so I really struggled in sports. I, I really didn't feel like I fit in on the team. I really didn't feel like uh, I could participate. And then also when it came to, to school, I, I really struggled to really fit in. Uh, dyslexia kind of runs in our family. And although I was never diagnosed, I think I probably struggled with dyslexia. Because even today, you know, when I'm reading out loud, it feels like the words are kind of jumping all over the page. And then when I grew up, I still was trying to figure out, you know, where do I fit in? Where do I belong? I, I don't have the skills that like I mean, my father has. I mean, he can build or fix anything. And anytime I try to help him out, I usually make things worse and break something. So I wondered, you know, where do I fit in? What skills do I have? Do I have anything of real value to offer? How about you? Do you ever feel like you don't fit in, like you don't belong? Like some, for some reason you're an outsider? Maybe it's because you had a moral failing in your life and you feel like that failing disqualifies you? Or maybe um, you... You look at the skills that other people have. And you say, you know, I just don't have those kind of skills. I don't think I have anything of real value to offer people. Maybe you suffered abuse and, and so you have this shame of your life and you feel like that, that, that puts you on the outside, that, that you suffered in ways other people haven't. You feel like you don't belong. Well, uh, in the heat of the, the pandemic, when we were in lockdown mode, our family started putting together puzzles. And you know what happens inevitably when you start putting together puzzles is that that one puzzle piece will, will kind of fall off the table and roll underneath a, 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 the couch. And then later on, you'll find this random puzzle piece underneath the couch. And, and it's, it's a piece that you don't know where it fits with and doesn't seem to belong anywhere. 
is that how you feel? Like that random puzzle piece that doesn't belong anywhere, that doesn't feel like it fits in anywhere. Is that how you feel? Well, today we're beginning a brand new sermon series, Dealing With My Doubts. And in this sermon series, we'll talk about all the different ways that we might doubt. Uh, We might have doubts about, about God. I mean, even after you become a Christian, you still struggle with doubts. So maybe you wonder if God is really good based on all the things that you've endured and suffered. Uh, Maybe you doubt whether you're really forgiven. Maybe you doubt whether Jesus really rose from the dead. That's what we'll be talking about on Easter Sunday. But today I want to talk about an internal doubt. Uh, a, A doubt that we might have about ourselves. And here's the question I want to answer today is, can God really use me? Can God really use me? You wonder, you know, with all the things that you've endured, all the suffering, maybe the failures, the sins, uh, the, the, the skills that you have, you wonder, can God really use me? And to answer that question, we're going to go back to that reading from Exodus, the story of Moses. Now, I don't know how much you know about the story of Exodus and the story of Moses, but Exodus is the second book in the Bible, and it picks up where, where Genesis le- left off. Uh, the nation of Israel is, is in Egypt. They went to Egypt looking for food and they, they stayed there. But according to God's promise, they, they multiplied. And they multiplied so much that the, the leaders in Egypt felt threatened. And so they enslaved the Israelite people. And they kept on multiplying and growing. And so then they made a new plan. Uh, the leader of Egypt said that all the, the baby boys would be thrown into the Nile. Well, one mother, she has this child and and all mothers love their children. But this, this mother looked at her child and she said, this child is especially important. She could just tell. And so she hid her child for, for a few months, but then the child kept on growing and there was just no way they could keep this child um, hidden. And so she, instead of throwing the child into the Nile, she placed the child in a basket. Literally, the word is ark. She put the child on kind of a Noah's ark. And this child's older sister, Miriam, was watching to, to see what would happen to her, her brother, to, to take care of him, to watch him. And, and it just so happened that this basket drifted down the Nile, and the leader of Egypt, Pharaoh's daughter, was bathing in the Nile and saw the baby and had compassion on the baby actually raised the baby in Pharaoh's household. And this baby was named Moses because Moses means to draw out of the water. Now Moses gets to be about 40 years old and he sees um, an Egyptian mistreating one of his own fellow people, a Hebrew. And, and it says in the New Testament that, that in that moment, Stephen tells us that, that Moses believed that, that God's people would come to the conclusion that God was raising up Moses as a leader in that moment. And so Moses, fueled with his righteous anger, ends up killing this Egyptian. But the people don't see this as as a man of leadership. In fact, there's a warrant that goes out for his arrest. And so at 40 years old, Moses goes into hiding off in the wilderness. And he spends the next 40 years watching sheep. I don't know what Moses is thinking at this moment, but probably, man, I've messed everything up. I'm a failure. 
You know, I was in the palace of Pharaoh. I had things going for me. I thought I was a leader, and now I'm a nobody. I don't know what he was thinking, but, but he's watching this sheep, and now he's about, he's about 80 years old, and he sees off in the distance this bush that's burning. It's on fire, but it's not burning up. And so he goes over, and it's on this mountain that later we find out is Mount Sinai. And it's actually God who wants to meet with him through this bush. And God says to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt." Now, it's pretty interesting here what the Lord says to Moses. First of all, he says, I have seen their misery. I know what they're going through. I've heard their cries. So if you've ever been in that, that situation where you're crying out to God, God hears you. He heard them. And now he was planning in his time and his way to act. And God was going to rescue them. And so he's, I'm going to do something about that. And then he turns to Moses and said, and so now I'm sending you. And Moses says, me? In fact, if we had time to read Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4, we would see that Moses makes five objections as to why God should not use him. He says things like, who am I? Like, don't you know the things that I've done? Don't you know the, the, the problems I've caused? Don't you know that I'm a nobody? Who am I? And then he says, and and who are you? I I don't even know who you are, God. Where have you been? How can I trust you? And then he says, well, and what if they don't listen to me? You know, I've tried to save some people in the past and it didn't work out well. Who am I? They were not going to listen to me. And then we get to our text where Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and tongue. Why would Moses say this? He says, I've never been eloquent, not in the past. You know, in the past, I tried to do something. In the past, I tried to rescue the people. In the past, I tried to speak up for my people and I flew off the handle and I murdered somebody. I've never been eloquent, not in the past. And for the past 40 years, all I've been talking to is sheep. Why would you use me? How could you use me? Is that how you feel? You look back over your life and and you see your failures. You see your weaknesses. You see the deficiency. You see all these things that you've experienced and you think, I'm an outsider. I don't belong. 
How could God ever use me to do anything valuable or important? Well, if that's how you feel, listen to how the Lord responds to Moses. The Lord said, Who gave human beings their mouths? And who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. And so the Lord here says, I know what skills you have. I gave you those skills. I I know your capabilities. I gave people their mouth and I gave people their ears and I gave people their skills and their abilities. I know exactly what you can do. And did you notice he also says, and I know what you can't do. He talks about uh, weaknesses or deficiencies or challenges. He says, you know, I know when people are blind and, and they're deaf and they're mute. I know where their weaknesses are and their challenges that they faced. And I think we could expand. This is not just only physical, maybe challenges or, or deficiencies or things that we struggle with, but also moral ones. Moses, I know that you are a murderer. I know what you did. I know all these things that went wrong. I know not only the the good things that you can do, but I know the bad things that you've done. And I know the struggles, and I know your weaknesses. I know it all, and I can use it all. In fact, the Lord was saying to Moses, you are exactly the person that I want to use. Who else am I going to use, Moses? You spent the first 40 years in Egypt. And you know what it's like um, to be under that oppression. And and you know what it's like to to be there. You know the people of Egypt. You know what it's like. And you know what it's like to have to run and flee out of Egypt. And guess what? This this wilderness that you've been wandering in for the last 40 years, I'm going to lead you to lead God's people through this very same wilderness for the next 40 years. And you know those moral failings? I'm going to use those too. Because you're going to lead a people who fail over and over again. They're even going to worship the golden calf and you're going to have compassion on them. And it's true. Moses pleaded for the forgiveness of his people. And I think as a fellow sinner, he knew how to deal with sinners. God was going to use it all. And that's how God always works. We know that God can use it all. And the clearest example is not in Moses, but in Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus never had sin, but he let himself be weak. He let himself be mistreated and abused and suffer. And he let himself be put up on a cross and die. And he let all of the evil and the sin of this world be poured out and and used against him. And if, if God can use that to rescue the world and save the world and bring you back to God and forgive all of your sins, well, then God can use anything. God knows everything about you and you're exactly the person that he wants to use. And so I think this helps us answer our opening question, can God use me? 
And the answer is God will use our skills, suffering, and even our sin in service to others. Now, he doesn't want us to sin. But as a sinner, you are able to help those who have struggled and to, to point them back to the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. God will use, yes, our good things that we can do, but even our suffering and even our sin in service to others. But you still might be wondering, well, what does that look like? How does that actually happen? I mean, I, I still don't know how God could use everything that I've been through. I still don't really get that. There's a, a Christian uh, businessman. He's a, he's a business coach uh, and a leader and named Rory Vaden. And he says it this way, and I think he's right. He says, you are most powerfully positioned to help the person you once were. You are most powerfully positioned to help the person that you once were. I mean, that's how it played out in Moses' life, right? That Moses was in Egypt and he knew what it was like to see people oppressed in Egypt. And so God sent him to Egypt. And, and Moses was in the wilderness, wandering for the wilderness. And so God sent him to lead people through the wilderness. And Moses had struggled and failed in sin. And so God used Moses to help people who failed with sin. You are most powerfully positioned to help the person that you once were. And so are you grieving loss? Are you grieving a loss of a loved one? You are most powerfully positioned to help that person who's grieving. Have you suffered abuse? You are the most powerfully positioned to help those who've suffered. Do you know what it's like to maybe struggle at school? You're probably one of the best people to go be a teacher, right? You know what it's like to struggle in school. Whatever you have gone through, yes, God can use your skills and he can use your, the things you're great at, but he can mostly use your suffering because you are most powerfully positioned to help the person that you once were. And so here's the big take-home point. Help the person that you once were. Be open and, and see the people that, that God puts in your life today. And see the ways that, that maybe you struggle with the exact same thing and let God work through you. God is still the God who wants to rescue people. He rescued the, the Israelites out of Egypt. He's still the God who wants to rescue people and help people. But he wants to use you. And so have your eyes open to the people that you once were and, and help them walk that path. See, back to that idea of, of a puzzle piece. I think we all are kind of like a puzzle piece, but we're not a puzzle piece that's kind of forgotten and laid underneath the couch and doesn't fit anywhere. We're a puzzle piece and God is the one who's building this puzzle. He's the one putting the puzzle together. And so as you think about yourself as a, as a puzzle piece, you know, maybe you have these, these things that stick out about you, that, that these great talents and abilities that you have, and that's wonderful. You can use those talents and abilities to pour into other people, and that's great. 
Those are gifts of God. All these talents and abilities, those are grace. The things that come easy to you, the reason they come easy to you is because God gave you those gifts. That's wonderful. And yet I want you to imagine these kind of indents in the puzzle piece. These are the things that you've suffered and endured. Maybe your failings and these vulnerabilities. And these are actually where you can have the deepest connection with people. People are not really drawn to your strengths. They're not that impressed by your strengths or mine. But they're drawn into your weaknesses. They're drawn into the challenges you face. They're drawn into ways that, that God has used all these things to help you overcome. They're drawn into these challenges. And what God is doing is he's, he's connecting us all together. And if we were able to step back and look at the puzzle that God is building, it's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God that, that looks a lot like Jesus. Where we're listening to each other and helping each other and working with each other and using all the things that we've had to build each other up, to make connections with one another. So you don't need to doubt whether God can use you. Your suffering, your failing, the things that you've experienced, they don't disqualify you. They actually give you opportunity to connect with all of us who've struggled, all of us who've suffered, all of us who've sinned. And ultimately, they connect us back to Jesus, our Savior. And so I... I'd encourage you to believe this. Believe that God can use it all. Just like he used the cross. And if he can use the cross, he can use you. Believe that God can use, yes, he can use your skills. But he can use your suffering. He can even use your sin in service to others. God is in the business of rescuing people and helping people who struggle. He just has decided that he wants to use you. And so as a forgiven, loved child of God, go help the person you once were. Let's pray. Lord God, all of us at one time have felt like outsiders. We wonder if we really fit. We wonder where we belong. And so, Lord God, convince us today that that you made us, that you love us, that you rescued us, that you forgive us, that you've given us talents and abilities and even allowed suffering so that we be used in service to others. And so, Lord God, open up our eyes to the people who are struggling around us. Give us the capacity to listen and to love and lead us to help the people that we once were. And when we do, we will give you all the glory. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.